Hey everybody, you're listening to Beyond 1894. This is the official podcast of Louisiana Tech University. Our guest for this episode is Dr. Ashley Owen. She is our Director of Counseling Services here at Louisiana Tech University. Ashley, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Gavin. I'm really excited to be here today. So um, we're going to get into counseling services, why it's important, sort of how it functions here at the university. But first, let's get to know you a little bit. Um, Tell us about sort of where you're from and how you got here to tech. Oh, goodness. I I think that's probably a a rather long story. Um, But I think it starts with, um, as far back as I can remember, my mom was very intentional about having conversations with each of my siblings about what we valued and what we wanted to do professionally. And so it wasn't just what do you want to do when you grow, grow up? It was much more than that. It was who do you want to be when you grow up? And so um, I showed an interest very early on of of helping families and helping children. And I can remember saying, I want everyone to have a family like I do, Um, even though that that was not what you would think the traditional family. And so um, my mom said, you know, one day she said, I think you you argue very well. Maybe you should be an attorney. (laughs) And so that was for, for a long time. And even when I started at Louisiana Tech, I started in uh, pre-law, um, political science. And so, um, I think as we, as we talk about my story, I took the term counsel quite literally. And so, um, I didn't wind up being an attorney, of course, but, um, my journey for Louisiana Tech, um, started, uh, my parents were a part of the tip-off club in the Louisiana Tech Lady Textures basketball team. And, um, that's really where it started. I'm 5'10", and I can't tell you how academically uninclined I am. Um, but I spent a many a Saturdays, uh, dribbling back and forth um, uh, up and down the court of the uh, tack trying to walk and dribble, not run and dribble. Walk and dribble was uh, slow steps. Baby and, steps, yeah. And it, it didn't really work out with uh, for me. But um, Louisiana Tech was a, a, a place of infinite opportunity. Um, the buildings were larger than I'd ever seen. I'm from a very small town, Farmville, Louisiana. And um, there were larger than life people. I mean, I, I think about people like Takesha Lewis that comes to mind. And uh, I was a ball girl. And so stand, sitting and and getting to see her play was, was such a big part of my childhood. And um, understanding that Louisiana Tech, again, was this place of infinite opportunity. And I, I didn't have any, I guess, conceptualization of academic rigor, um, but that came along much later. And so as a high school junior, I was I was set. I wasn't coming to Louisiana Tech. And um, I, I was going somewhere so I could get away from my parents and, and have a good time and, and really get this independence that I thought I needed. And monetarily, there were just decisions that had to be made. And, and I had a conversation with my mom, and she said, I think you're going to tech. And I said, yeah, I think you're right, because financially it just made sense. And so um, I came to Louisiana Tech, and, and the challenge that started early on was right out of the gate at orientation. I graduated with 65 students, and at tech there were thousands of people, and right. I didn't really know anyone. And so um, I wasn't very outspoken or outgoing. And so I kind of stayed to myself during that orientation progress process. And then it came to fall. I'm not a strong math student still to this day. I'm not very strong in math. And so I enrolled in a math course. And to be quite honest, I, I didn't have to study in high school. 
I, I, I never knew how to study. I never knew how to take tests. I didn't really have to try, um, but at Tech, I had to try. And so I failed that math course um, my first quarter. And um, that was tough. That that challenge continued. And so um, taking that failure to fortitude, um, there were people during, during that time that were um, really positively influencing me, people like Rick Emerson, um, Dr. Gary Stokely, Bob Levy, that didn't even really know that they were having an impact on me, but in fact they were, um, because they just spoke to me as a person, not a student. Um, uh, There were people like Dr. Charles Patterson that would stay after hours and help me with the simple math questions that um, I, I just wasn't getting. And so it was people that were really pouring into me and investing in me here on this campus. And so um, I, I mentioned Rick Emerson and, and Dr. Stokely and, and Bob Levy, and they were doing a lot of really great work with with families and children um, in the community. And um, that, that was really attractive to me. And so uh, Rick Emerson was teaching an adjunct. He was adjunct teaching a course. And I told him one day, I said, I'm going to go get a master's. And when I get a master's, I want to come intern for you. And I'm sure I'm not the first person that said that. But um, he was like, oh, yeah, come come see me. And so I graduated with a bachelor's in sociology from Louisiana Tech. And I had three quarters of tops left. Um, and he, my mom, being the, the person she is and, and the wisdom that she has, she said, what are you going to do with those three quarters? And I said, nothing. I'm not going back to school. And she said, well, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? I said, I don't know. And so um, I worked for my parents in a heating and air company um, and really enjoyed that. I'm not a salesman. I couldn't sell ice to an Eskimo, but um, I enjoyed the the industry and and getting to learn about something new. Um, I decided to use those three quarters of tops and but I wasn't sure how I was going to use them so I decided I was going to take the GRE and I registered for it on a Wednesday and took it on a Thursday and applied to the clinical mental health program here at Louisiana Tech master's program not knowing what I was doing. Yeah so what made you want to decide to take that route? I don't really know. I think, again, leaning on those original conversations from my mom, knowing that I could make a difference in uh, the lives of children and families. I didn't really know how I wanted to do that. By that point, I knew I wasn't going to law school. That wasn't on my radar, but I wanted to do something. And so it just naturally fit. Um, I It really spoke to me on the website um, of, of how clinical mental health was displayed. And so I was just living on a prayer at that point. We were just going with it. And so I took the GRE, I applied and and got in. And so I, I guess it was just meant to be because there really wasn't a plan. And it, which is odd. If, if you know me, I tend to be somewhat organized and, and like to have, have a vision, but I definitely didn't have a vision. And, and I'm thankful for that. Um, so in that clinical mental health program, I met um, a lot of really great people. Um, one was Dr. Mark Miller and uh, Dr. Miller um, always spoke to us about putting hanging our shingle, and he was laissez-faire, and he just really spoke life into the profession, and I just really loved how easygoing he was, and he retired from the university um, shortly thereafter, but um, that was really one of my first impressions of you could be like a therapist, but you didn't have to be like Freud, no one was, you didn't have to just lay a a client on the couch. Like you Mm -hmm. could really do humanistic work, um, with clients. And so that really spoke to me. Um, 
I enrolled in a 48-hour program, and uh, it was shortly thereafter that uh, Dr. Donna Thomas came and invested time um, one night and, and spoke to us about the opportunities that Louisiana Tech was leading us to. I had the opportunity to enroll in a 60-hour program, and I didn't know what I was doing, but I trusted Dr. Thomas and um, the intentional um, time that she had she had taken and, and how confident she spoke and what this would do for me as a person um, and a professional. And so I decided to stay for 60 hours, and I'm really glad that I did. Um, I graduated, and tech has been a part of my life and some of the biggest parts of my life. Um, I graduated on a Thursday, and on Tuesday, I lost a family member to suicide. And that was probably one of the lowest parts of, of my life, um, coming off of graduation and having all these skill sets and being so confident and then having this loss. And it was from there that I knew I wanted to continue to do clinical work. Um, I was still working uh, full-time for a heating and air company for my parents and still learning a lot and doing a lot of great things, but I wanted I wanted to do more. And so I took a five-year break and um, decided that, that that more looked like a PhD. I'd never thought about being Dr. Owen. I didn't really think about getting a higher level of education. It was just something that interested me. And I, I came from an individual perspective here at Tech. I got an individual perspective in that master's program and decided, again, I want that marriage and family and, and children aspect. I was doing some custody work with uh, Rick Emerson, uh, working with families and specifically children that were in custody situations. And that really spoke to me. So I decided to enroll in a marriage and family therapy PhD program at the University of Louisiana Monroe and um, got through half of that program. And um, I, you'll hear me mention Rick Emerson a lot, but uh, Mr. Rick has a lovely way of challenging me in ways that I never really knew I needed to be challenged. And I, I finished a case one day and he looked at me and he said, I wonder what it's going to be like to graduate with PhD and have no full-time clinical experience. And it, wow, was, yeah. <laughs> it was like a ton of bricks just hit me. It feels me. like an insult in a way. <laughs> right? But it's what I needed because if you know me, then you know you can display things like that. And it's a challenge. It's push it's, you. Yes, yeah. it's a challenge that's going to motivate me. It's not going to destroy me or set me back to where I can't move forward. But it's just what I need to get myself thinking of, okay, Ashley, how can you be better? And so um, I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, well... I think Tech's looking for a new counselor coordinator of career development. And I remember pausing and, and looking at him and saying, I don't know anything about career development. You're talking about, you just asked me the question. You're talking about the girl that works at the heating and air company. I'm EPA certified. I can install your condenser. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know anything about career. And he said, I, I, think, I think you need to give it a shot. Um, I reached out to Annie Jantz. And uh, I told her what I was thinking, and in Miss Annie's lovely way, she always is so supportive. And she said, "I think I think you should. I think you should apply and just just give it some thought." And so I did. I applied, and um, I interviewed with um, with lots of really great people. One being the previous director of counseling services, Mr. Ron Cathy. And if you know Mr. Cathy, Mr. Cathy is extremely patient, and um, so. 
I, I was given that opportunity and I came on as counselor coordinator of academic support. And Mr. Kathy was so patient with all of my questions and just getting me integrated into working full-time clinically. But more than that, the confidence that he had in my clinical ability was really what helped me grow so much in that first year. Um, I started April 1st here on uh, Louisiana Tech's campus and uh, had lots of hopes and dreams and I was scared. It was April Fool's Day, and so I was very much thinking, "Oh, what am I? What have I got myself into?" Um, Your work anniversary just passed, by the way. So <laughs> yes. you know, happy work anniversary. Thank you, thank you. Um, and then April twenty fifth, the uh, the tornado came through, and I think the the next morning, a lot of us were up dealing with our own personal things throughout the night. But the next morning, seeing Dr. Geis and Dr. Crawford and Mr. Uh, Kathy come together and just there are lots of other people that I didn't just name, but lots of people come together. And I don't know that anyone had a perfect plan, but the the love and support for the community and the students that were shown during that time took me back to myself as a student and those people that had poured into me. And then it took me back as a kid dribbling down the tack floor, not doing a very good job, but there were lady textures saying, you can do it. Yeah. And I was terrible, but they, but they were so supportive. And so it made me realize very early on in my professional career at Louisiana Tech that I can be a part of something much bigger, uh, much bigger than me. And I can pour into students even in just a small way as as I was poured into and and recognizing that it was those people, it was that intentionality that got me to where I am today. I want to be a part of that. Um, so I recognized I could be a part of that and, and be a change at the most vulnerable time and, and create that positive change. Uh, my sister was working at Louisiana Tech at the time, and she still works here today. And um, we joke back to the athletically, um, I guess the, the trials and tribulations that I've had throughout life athletically, my sister is very athletically inclined and, um, but she's not academically inclined. And she came to Louisiana Tech, found a home. They, Louisiana Tech gave her a, a chance at 18 and she powerlifted for Tech. And it was that passion that from powerlifting that really kept her here academically. And, um, my sister was doing a lot of really great work here on campus, and I remember us cleaning on on some fields, some uh, recreation fields, intramural fields that um, there after the tornado, and just seeing students come to her and her go to students and them all come together. I thought, wow, you know, you're four years younger than me. You're still here. You're you're making this impact, and I want to be a part of something bigger like that. Um, and then for her to you know, muster through in academic programs, and, and now she'll graduate with an EDD, um, hopefully in the summer. So to see that tech can make such a big um, positive change in someone's life, so much so that they want to give to others, for me to be a part of that was exactly what I wanted to do. Um, so that kind of leads into, that's that's kind of my story. Um, and I'm, I moved to uh, Director of Counseling Services in December of 2020. Um, that's, that's an interesting story in the fact that I applied for an opportunity. Um, I wanted, I knew at that point, uh, given my experience in 2019, that I, I wanted to stay at Louisiana Tech, uh, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. Again, I knew that clinical work was so important, but 
I want I want to do I'm I'm constantly wanting to do something. I'm wanting to to be a, a part of initiatives or just building this tech family. And so I thought if I'm going to stay here then then I want to do more and so what does more look like? And so for me I, I started thinking and more looked like vulnerability and courage. And so I went back to um a really great friend, Annie Jantz, and said, I'm thinking about applying for Director of Counseling Services because uh, Dr. Crawford and Dean Gilbert and many others had uh, been very intentional in deciding to divide Mm -hmm. counseling and career services, and Mr. Cathy was going to take over career services. And so Annie Jantz encouraged me, and um, she said, I think, you know, you should, if if that's what, you know, you're being led to, then I think it's worth the vulnerability and the courage um, in having those conversations. And so um, I thought, well, if nothing more, I'll have a language. I'll have an opportunity um, to have this experience. And when it comes to a, a job that I, I really think is the best fit, maybe not right now, but I'll have this experience. And so... I applied and and interviewed, and it was it it was great. Um, I recognized in those interviews that there were lots of people that had the same vision that I had here on campus. I had thought that, but hadn't really heard it. But specifically about mental health, and I remember leaving um, an interview and thinking, "Wow." Dean Gilbert and and Dr. Crawford and this this vision that they're they're speaking about mental health is they get it. They, they get that mental health diagnosis, mental health diagnoses should not hold you back from accomplishing things on this campus. It shouldn't be a barrier to your goals at Louisiana Tech University. And, and maybe that's my why. Maybe that's my, the piece of the puzzle that I'm missing. Um, so like I said, I was um, awarded that Director of Counseling Services uh, position in December of 2020. And we quickly got to work because Again, if I'm if I'm going to be a part of, of that process and I can be something much bigger than it needs to speak intentionally to students. Um, so in early on, I had the opportunity to have lots of conversations and um, learning opportunities with Dean Gilbert and uh, talking about that intentionality. And I was given a lot of opportunity to see what does this look like? What do you what do you want your team to look like? What do you want the structure of counseling services to look like? And what does that look like for students? And I don't know that you get that just anywhere. And so I'm extremely thankful for that. Um, So counseling services, the way um, it looks now is intentional all about students Um, from the very point you walk in the door, one glass is frosted, one glass is not to make sure that there's not a barrier. We want that confidentiality with that frosted door. And then also we want students to see what's behind that door because we want them to come in. Um, we provide services to students individually um, in a group setting, uh, crisis, we're on call 24-7, 365, and then um, most recently added through medical consultations. So that's kind of the structure as it as you see it now. Um, we do primarily individual work. That's what you would you would think of through mm-hmm. um, through therapy, but we also know that in each quarter we see trends through the data we collect. We see trends in, in what are the needs and presenting concerns of our students. And so those groups really speak to that. We know that groups are just as effective, if not more effective, given the student. Um, and so we'll run groups each quarter very intentionally on those presenting concerns. Uh, crisis 
we want to be a part of that continuance of care. And um, I'm thankful that this institution wants to be a part of that. And so we want to meet those students, whether it be in the middle of the day at 2 p.m. or 2 a.m. We want to meet them um, and and be a part of that care. It's already frightening. It's, it's already unsettling. And so if we can be a part of that walking with that student throughout um, that process and getting them the care they need, that's what we want to be. When a student returns from crisis, uh, we want to be a part of that conversation too. And so that's not just, do you need ongoing treatment? Do you need um, medication? Are, are your medications being filled? Can you afford the medications that have been written for you? But we want to be a part of that academic conversation too. We recognize that you may have been away from this campus and receiving the care that you need uh, to continue to meet your goals. And how can we be a part in getting you back on campus and in a place where you can academically progress? And so um, the campus as a whole helps um, with that from faculty to staff. We all kind of come together and and help students uh, that are receiving that higher level of care. And so um, I take a lot of pride in that. The medical consultations, uh, this is from Dr. Crawford and Dean Gilbert, this vision that uh, mental health should not be a deterrent from our students uh, succeeding here on campus. And so uh, we had a lot of conversations and and ended up um, hiring Dr. Tony Young, which I can't say enough great things about Dr. Tony Young and his ability to meet with students and have those conversations that I don't know that they would otherwise have about the medication that they're on because we know more students are coming to us on psychotropic medication. That's just a trend. Society is taking Mm -hmm. more psychotropic medication than ever before. Uh, But having those conversations and having them regularly of what's working for you and what's not working for you and um, what what are your needs, and that can set a student up to succeed in ways that we could have never imagined. And and we're seeing that day in and day out. Um, So serving those students' needs intentionally and not just looking at one size fits all of here's a presenting concern and let's meet it in this way. How can we really engage our students and and be a part of retention and 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 looking at our own scope and scope and role um, here as a part of the tech family and so. Um, I think the role of counseling services is transitioning as our students needs transition and I'm seeing that we're playing a role of safety. We're continuing to be a a piece of that retention, um, which is so important, and then also recruitment. Um, And so looking at at mental health not as a barrier, but being very intentional of how can we be a part of this student's journey here at Louisiana Tech is kind of where counseling services is seated currently. Yeah, and you bring up a lot of good points about why it's important, but I know that... um, You know, just as a trend, sort of like you mentioned, just the stigma around mental health and counseling has sort of changed over the last few years. Um, But tech, I think, was a little bit ahead of the curve um, in terms of integrating um, those kind of services onto our campus. Um, So talk a little bit about why it's important to keep that sort of at the forefront of how we approach these student services that we offer. Well, I think you you look at the student that we're serving, and students look very different than they looked when I was a student here. And so it takes these 
leaders looking at what are the needs of our students. And I'm fortunate enough to, to work with those leaders that don't just continue to do the same things that we've always done, but they're looking at, okay, what are our students' needs and how do we meet those? And so it's so important to not just say, well, this is what's always worked. Let's mm-hmm. just continue doing this. But yes, it's worked. And how can we continue to um, serve students on a higher level? Having those conversations with students, doing those surveys, um, listening there there are lots of, of people on this campus that do a really great job of just listening to the needs and then saying, okay, how can we address those needs, not just kind of letting um, those requests or those desires just fall, but really being actionable about them. And you don't you don't find that everywhere. And so Louisiana Tech is, is a big part of that. Um, and I can't imagine not being a part of that now that, that I'm here. So that was going to be my next question is – you know, you've been here and you're in a director role now and you're, you're part of sort of championing these changes around campus and these improvements. So like what's kept you here? What, what makes you want to stay here and continue to, to serve in this role here? So I get asked that question a good bit because uh, therapeutically in, in the profession, ordinarily you work different jobs, you contract, and that's really where your bread and butter is. But Louisiana Tech is is different for me. And I think for anyone, you have to find your why. And I know I've kind of talked about that a little bit today, but you have to find your why. And for me, it's more than just a paycheck. It's more than just providing 45 to 50 minutes of therapeutic practice. It speaks to me as a person and going far back to those values that my mom talked about, who do you want to be, not what do you want to be? And so Louisiana Tech poured into me as a little girl and then as a student. And so that's a big part of my why, because I don't know that I would be here if it wasn't for Louisiana Tech. It was so much more than just an academic endeavor. It was who, it's who I am. And so it's, we hear you bleed red and blue, tech, uh, red and blue, and I do, but it's such a big part of, of my being. My husband mm-hmm. is a, a, a graduate as well. And I don't, we talk about it often. You could go anywhere in, in this country and you could do a lot of things. And while that would be great, it's, it's hard to find a place where you can catch a ball game on a Saturday afternoon, have a community like we do and have this why that is such a big part of who you are and what you value anywhere else. And I'm thankful that Louisiana Tech has been that for me. And my, my hope is that I can be just a small part of that for someone else because to be a p- small part for someone else, you're not making just change. You're making life changing positive decisions. And I hope that if I'm a big, if I'm a small part of that, then in the bigger, larger scheme of things for our students, they're going to look back at Tech 2 and say, you know what, that was hard. That was that failure, much like me. But I persevered. I did what I needed to do. And now look at who I am because of it, not where I am, but who I am because of it. And so just remembering that why and recognizing that there's so much more to life than just the big paychecks and um, the glitz and the glamour, but it's who you are. And and at the end of the day, I'm happy with who I am and what I get to do on this campus and the people that consistently support me and, and have the same vision and want to do what's best for our students. And I know that that's not everywhere. And so for me to be a part of that is is very special. Well, I'm glad you're here. I know the university is glad that you're serving in the role that you are um, and that counseling services is such a crucial part of 
what's available to our students here. Um, so I know that it's important not only to the students, but the mission of the university. And like you said, if any part of what you do helps somebody find their, their who and their why, then it's, it's really priceless. So, um, thank you for what you do. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Beyond 1894. Please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about this episode, check out our show notes. Beyond 1894 is produced by Louisiana Tech University's Office of University Communications.